Welcome to C-Suite Radio. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th. And it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Holy heartbeat! Welcome to another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Excellent! With your host, Brad Allen. Well, isn't that extra special? Recorded live at Bay Area Studios. Join Brett each week as he interviews celebrities, influencers, authors, high-level entrepreneurs, and much more. At the open mic, no topic is off limits. Giddy up. And you never know who may stop by. Now, here's your host, Brett Allen. What's up, everybody? Welcome into your Saturday edition of the Open Mic Podcast, a pop culture podcast. We have a special guest today, Popcast Podcast. I digress. Ellen Holman, star of the new film, Army of One, which can be seen on all streaming platforms in Walmart.com. Walmart, you can pick up an actual physical copy of this. You have to do it. It is a fantastic psychological thriller, action adventure. Ellen can also be seen in the new Matrix franchise, number four. Coming out 2021, she stars opposite of Keanu Reeves in another stellar cast. She also has some other great projects, Love and Monsters, and the list goes on and on. She was Saxa in the Spartacus series. Oh my goodness, she was the absolute best. And I think you're going to enjoy this interview. Ellen, welcome into the podcast. It's good to have you here today. So great to be here. Thank you. Well, I know you have been just doing press like nobody's business for this new movie that you have out, Army of One which is amazing, by the way, and we're honored that you have chosen to come hang out with us here on our show. This is a fun movie, especially now in a time where we are just in this world of digital consumption and movies are just coming out all the time. This one is definitely worth a watch. I highly recommend it. Why don't you share with us just a little bit about the movie, what it's about, and what people can expect when they check out this fantastic flick. Of course. Well, uh, first of all, uh, Brett, I just want to say thank you so much for your, your kind words. I really appreciate it because we did, we did put a hell of a lot of blood, sweat and tears into this one in Dothan, Alabama. Um, but to uh, uh, bring your, your uh, listeners up to speed, Army of One is an action drama that uh, centers around a woman named Brenner Baker a former military ranger who seeks redemption for her husband's untimely death. Not unlike John Wick, who seeks redemption for his dog's untimely death. <laughs> she goes on a murderous rampage instead of going to the authorities because she felt it was better handled in that manner. Um, and what differentiates this film uh, from others that we've seen is not only is there a female lead, yours truly, but there's more of a, an empathetic uh, heartbeat uh, tonality to the film that I feel um, maybe missing from some some modern day action drama genre films. Yeah, I do agree with you on that because there have been other films, and I don't think you can compare them, at least from my perspective, but in similarity that are kind of sending these female leads out on this path of vengeance, killing everybody that's, and I'm all for that. I think it makes for a hell of entertainment. I don't know if you saw Peppermint with Jennifer Garner. I feel like that was probably one of 
the most amazing films ever. It's one that I can just watch over and over again. And she's in, she's incredibly athletic. Jennifer Garner. It's she's insane. An athlete. She's an athlete. And I, I really give kudos to women like uh, like Jennifer Garner, to Charlize Theron, who, who shows up, does her time in rehearsal, and, and brings that, um, that blood, sweat, and tears to screen. I, I really do appreciate it. Yeah, and you've done other things like this. And you're co-star in this movie by the way matt passmore i believe from the glades back in the day you just have a fantastic cast in this movie it's just all around super spectacular i want to ask you speaking of this because it came up in the conversation and i always forget to ask these types of questions but for actors like yourself who take on these incredibly physical roles and who are, you've done other things too, Spartacus. I mean, there's just a lot, the list goes on and on. What is that preparation process like for you when you know that you're going to have to do something like this, even in your most recent film? Mentally, I know there's the physical aspect, but mentally, when you see this and you know what you're going to have to do, what is your process to kind of get into that space and go, okay, this is about to get real and it's going to be super hardcore? Well, Brett, that is a very good question. And uh, what differentiates this film from from other films that you see, such as Atomic Blonde, Peppermint, Salt, uh, et cetera, um, is that every performer on screen is doing their own action. There is no CGI, there's no face replacement, there's no stunt doubles, which means everything you see on screen, we did ourselves. Wow. Yes, sometimes with very limited rehearsal time. Um, with the bigger budget films, such as Matrix, you can get weeks and weeks, sometimes months worth of rehearsal time. That was not the case with this film. Um, sometimes I would have an hour, maybe, with the stunt performers that I was performing against. Um, but to answer the other aspect of your question, I, I've always wanted to embody my own action. Um, okay. I have a background in mixed martial arts. So to me, it doesn't make any sense to not utilize that skill. Um, for years now, oh my God, going on nearly two decades, uh, I've found myself more and more in the action genre from... I played uh, Amelia, the assassin in NCIS for a couple seasons, uh, uh, Zephyr, the uh, military general uh, in Into the Badlands, as well as Saxa, the gladiatrix. Um, uh, gladiatrix. Um, that, that show in particular uh, really catapulted me into that aspect of my career because I did do all of my own action. And because of that, mm-hmm. um, I kept wanting to raise the bar. And Army of One, of course, is no exception. Um, when I was brought on to the project, uh, um, in early days, my husband and I have a production company, um, Okay. a little, br- uh, 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 a little bit of a background. My husband, Stephen Dunleavy, we both are co-owners of True Rain Productions. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yes. So my husband is actually the Egyptian from Spartacus. <laughs> That's- All right. Well, let's have a conversation about getting him on the show. And for people who don't know what Spartacus is. You can watch it, but make sure the kids are in bed when you do. <laughs> yes, but also, you don't know, he played Macon in Logan. He played wow. uh, Juggernaut in Deadpool. Like he, He's done everything from the John Wick franchise to... Wow, I had no idea. That is, I mean, I do my research, but I guess I just didn't make the connection 
in that regard. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he's a little too humble for his own good, in my, in my opinion. I'm like, babe, you've done the biggest films in the world, like Jumanji. He has an incredible scene in Jumanji. Uh, uh, Jungle Cruise. Like he, like so many incredible accolades uh, uh, that he's accomplished, and we we've essentially formed a team. Um, speaking of team. I've had the uh, benefit, and this is also answering your question, the benefit of training with his stunt team, okay, 7-Eleven, and they're the brilliant uh, action design team behind Deadpool, Atomic Blonde, the John Wick franchise, hundreds of other credits to their name. And I've been fortunate enough to train, along, train alongside them for going on six plus years now. So we, we utilize a lot of that choreography and that training to, uh, to on screen. Um, wow. I utilize a lot of that on Matrix, on Into the Badlands, on NCIS, and Army of One, of course, was no exception. Wow. So we've just opened up a can of worms here. I want to talk about the- <laughs> Like, oh God, he's going to- like, you're going to tell, she's going to tell her publicist, this guy, he kept asking about my husband, and then he said, can you go it grab him? Is he, is he in the other room? <laughs> no, I don't know. I would never do that. We're here for you. But- that he's, literally, he's literally like he can't be here right now because he's on Star Trek right now. I'm like, oh wow, I feel so. Oh wow, poor guy. Shooting uh, Star Trek during a pandemic, I feel so bad for you. Yeah, yeah, rough life that he has. No, yeah. I, I'm joking. I'm joking. I think that's great that you're able to have that pedigree and just really the experience. So let's talk about the Matrix Four because you've mentioned it a couple times. It was in my notes, but we'll just jump into that. This is a massive franchise. We're on a fourth film, which we never thought we would get. How does it feel to be coming into this massive franchise that is, has really stood the test of time over at least a decade or so, and now you are coming in and, and literally being a part of this new world? It's been nearly two decades. So not one, but two decades since the Crazy. first the first matrix came out and my God, what an incredible impact on cinematic history that film has made. And if you're a fan of that film, you will be obsessed with this one. I can't wait. Bigger, badder and more uh, uh, action packed than all three of them. And something that's unique to this particular installment is that Lana insists on doing most of, of what goes to screen uh, 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 practically. Really? So what I mean by that is, you can look this up on Reddit. Um, she literally had two cast members jump off a 50-story building at sunrise. And my, my husband was one of the key riggers. So he was one of the uh, head of departments, and he helped design and engineer this massive rig, two truss structures and wires going in between two buildings. This has never been accomplished or even attempted ever in cinematic history. She could have easily done this on a green screen, but instead... She has her two performers, not me, but two performers, jump off a 50-story building and then stop in midair and then get pulled up back to one. So wow. imagine you're in your office doing a Zoom conference and you see two people, two stunt Whoa. people jumping off the building and then, oh, and then bringing it back to one. And then she, 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 of course, had the actors do it. And there's no safety net. So she's actually having them do this. And that's the level of intensity um, that we are all accustomed to on, on this film. Just when I thought I was prepared for this. I mean, I've, like I said, I've, I've been a martial artist for years. I, I work, I wake up at 4.45 in the morning, 
do 90 minutes of judo and then an hour of jujitsu and then maybe weight training if I'm not feeling like I'm dead. Um, I am used to training at this, this certain level. And even that, um, barely prepared me <laughs> for what I was in store for with, with matrix four. Yeah. I'm excited. They've kept this very tight lipped. A lot of yeah. us are dying to know what to expect, but I think, you know, a film that has been around for so long, I think it's going to just fit like a great shoe and people will be excited about hopefully we can catch it on the big screen and uh, this craziness of the pandemic will come to an end at some point. Right. And I do have to say it is not meant to be watched on your iPhone. Please do not watch or this. Your, no. If you have, if you are fortunate enough to have a larger screen at home, please watch it on that. Um, I have a 65 inch TV, but still. That'll work. That'll work. Or I even- don't, yeah, it will, but I don't know. There's just something about, I agree with not to kind of switch gears quickly here, but with Tom Cruise and all of these guys who are making these massive films, wanting to just keep holding out until we can get to a big screen. Cause I feel like that's the best way they can be enjoyed. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting, Brett, what I just heard, um, I was chatting with ABC the other day and one of their, uh, hosts was like, did you know you could rent out a movie theater? I'm like, what? Yeah. You can rent out a movie theater for like 150 bucks. <laughs> you can rent one out and, you know, not that I'm recommending that that's the only way to watch this. Um, cause hopefully, you know, it comes out a year from now. So hopefully a year from now, things will be better off. Um, but like I said, I do not recommend watching this on a super, super small screen. It wasn't no. shot that way. It wasn't designed that way. It just takes away from the overall experience of it really does. watching. Now, if it does go to streaming, like a lot of films seem to be doing, HBO Max seems to have gotten on the bandwagon and exclusive agreements here and there. Were these films done mid-pandemic, post-pandemic, pre-pandemic, Army of One and The Matrix? Or what what was your experiences like? uh, Well, there's another film I did actually in between the two of them. Um, I did Army of One first and then uh, Love and Monsters with Michael Rooker, Dylan O'Brien, and Justin. That's that's on streaming and that's crushing it in the, in the, in the reviews and rating. It's such a wonderful film. If you want to feel good, watch love and monsters. It's so sweet. Um, but, uh, uh, that was done pre pandemic, uh, matrix. The first half was done pre pandemic. And then we had to shut down for a good six months, which was agonizing. Oh, I can imagine. And then it picked up, um, back in Berlin, which was yes, during, uh, during COVID, which has its whole, has a whole myriad of complications, of course. Um, but we were fortunate to, uh, wrap without any hitch. So we were very lucky. Yeah. It's interesting how, when this happened, how it just turned the entertainment industry on its ear. I was talking to a couple comedians today and other interviews, and it's just wild where this really put everybody on the same playing field as far as life literally just came to a halt he was saying he told his wife he's like you know babe we're great but you know i wouldn't stop you if you wanted to go drive for uber or doordash you know to have some money coming in uh because it was just wild it literally affected everybody like everybody from the biggest superstar to whomever it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter where you are from a socioeconomic standpoint because a, a virus doesn't care how much money no. the virus doesn't care how many followers you have and 
it's uh, unfortunately a harrowing reality that we have to all face together. Yeah. You know, and people look at these celebrities at this level and go, oh, you know, they have millions and millions of dollars, but it's like, well, they also have 500 people on their staff and they have all these people that they have to take care of. And when there's no money coming in from selling out million seats, arenas, whatever, it's like, we've got to figure things out and just really hope that this thing continues to just get better and we can get back to whatever normal looks like. You know what I'm saying? Um, and thank goodness you were able to finish your projects and put out great films. And, you know, there's two of them that we can watch now. And of course the matrix, I, now I'm like, do I want to watch it on my big TV or do I want to, <laughs> you know, even on your big screen TV, that'll, 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 you know, be an experience, but yes, there is no replacement for movie theaters. I've always been such an incredible fan of seeing it in the theater, eating the popcorn with the incredible sound and just being taken away by the experience. Um, I mean, why do we go to movies? We go to movies because we want to escape because right. 90 minutes or two hours, or I'm not sure what the runtime of matrix is at this point. Um, but we want to put life on hold and we want to go be transported somewhere else. And when you're in your living room, you know, you can be distracted by kids, your phone, your computer, there's so many other distractions. It's not necessarily about the size of the screen. It's about distractions. When you're in the theater, you're just a full on jerk if you're on your phone. So basically. Yeah. Don't sit next to me if you're on your phone or texting. <laughs> If you are sitting in Matrix, if we, if we can go in theaters and you're sitting in Matrix 4 on your phone, you should be never allowed in the theater ever again. <laughs> oh my God. Don't even get me started. I don't know what's worse, taking my six-year-old to a movie and having him get up every five minutes or somebody on their cell phone. And I like for him to get those experiences. We've been doing the drive-in a lot because we're in the Bay Area here. How do you find that? How do you find that? So... Just we went online and drive-in theaters. There's one in Sacramento. There's one in San Jose. I'm in the East Bay, so you know it's easy to get to. And then we just go watch a couple of movies. Sometimes they're newer, sometimes they're older films. But just to get out of the house and do something—that's the one thing that sort of got revived when this pandemic hit. Was you know, but now it's like we're going back on lockdown tomorrow, allegedly for you know, three weeks because of all the madness of COVID. But I'm just excited that you were able to get things done. And looking back on your career and just everything that you have done, is there anything that you would have done differently to put you where you are today? Or do you feel like everything you've done had a purpose and a place and, and you wouldn't have changed anything at all as far <laughs> as uh, your career trajectory? An existential question. <laughs> it's so deep and meaningful. It's so existential. Well, Brett, I feel like the latter uh, of what you mentioned of, no, I feel so empowered with the journey that I took and all the things that I learned. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If I knew the shit then that I don't know, oh my God, I would be leagues ahead. If I knew that most of the people shooting films don't know what the hell they're doing, I would have tried producing, writing, and directing my own shit years, decades ago. Because Brett, it really is not the best that make it. It's just those who don't give up. And I really want to hone this message into whoever is listening, whether you're a man or a woman or anything in between, just try. Like just 
don't don't think oh well you know they have so and so as an uncle he's a superstar oh they have money or oh they've been in the business this long who cares like just try just have an idea create it and make it because there's a lot of garbage out there i don't know about you but i'm kind of like down to the final rung of content in regards to netflix amazon i'm over it i'm starting to rerun stuff that i saw 20 years ago and some of the new stuff that's coming out in comparison just you know it's not as competitive but we're watching it anyway so for those of you who are listening who are curious about the entertainment industry the quality that you can shoot on your own phone oh yeah the iphone is better than a lot of the crap out there just do it so that that is you know not so uh (laughs) highbrow response to your uh no i think that's great you're honest Right. It's, it's like a fusion of things. I'm like, Oh God, like how many times did I tick the box of, Oh sure. I'm the girl next door. Oh, I'm the best friend. It's like, no, no, I'm not. That's I, I, I am a alpha personality. I love the action drama genre, also comedy. Um, and I allowed myself for too many years to be put in this little cutesy box, which I certainly, so embrace what you are. Don't apologize for your weaknesses. Just embrace your strengths. Well, you have such a wide body of work from one end of the spectrum to the other, and you've done a lot and you've taken what I would say would be considered risks as far as roles and things that you've done, but it's all worked out well for you. And especially now you mentioned the iPhone thing, people can create content, upload it. There's a million streaming platforms out there, pick one and I mean, do a podcast, whatever, you know, I was like, I want to interview celebrities and comedians. And it's like, well, I'm not going to go work at a TV station. So I'll start a podcast. And three years later, exactly. So it's like, you got to put in the work, you got to do it. And I did some background work on a couple of shows when I was living in New Mexico and I've seen how it works. And you know, people that you would be thinking like, oh, these people are spectacular. And then you watch them for getting, I, the list goes on and on. And it's like, you know, anybody can do it. It's just keep doing it and make the right, right. choices and you connect. If you have of talent and drive, you will eventually make it. That's just yeah. how it works. <laughs> if you give up, you're not going to succeed. And I have learned so much more from my mistakes and screw ups than I have for my successes. So if anything, encourage yourself to screw up. Encourage yourself yeah. to eat dirt, whether, I mean, I have physically, literally eaten dirt. I know, I was going <laughs> to say, that's been you in a lot of the projects or blood and sweat and tears, oh, pick yeah. a list. Um, you have dirt in your mouth. I'm like, let's do it again. Did we got the shot? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, not that I encouraged that, but yeah. <laughs> well, you but be willing to look stupid, be willing to look ugly, be willing, be willing to look goofy. And I feel like in the earlier aspect of my career, I was too focused on, um, oh, is this going to make me look stupid? Is this going to make me look goofy? I think it's more interesting if you just don't give a shit. It's so much more interesting. And people want to see that realness. At least Yeah. That. And I think when we watch you on screen or television, whatever it is, we get the sense of that. And it, it translates well in... I think you've had a fantastic and amazing career. You're, we now know who your husband is. So 
Um, I'll never be allowed back on here again. It's just going to be conditional if he comes with me. No, no, no. (laughs) There's a right way to do things. (laughs) But, uh, and that's cool. You heard it here. He's working on Star Trek. So that must mean something new is coming down the pike. Uh, This Uh, year. So they're still, they're still shooting. Oh, that's good that they haven't been shut down. Fantastic. Ellen Holman, she has three great things that you can watch that are pretty recent, but She's got an incredible body of work. We've got The Matrix 4 coming out next year. We have Army of One, which can be seen now. Love and Monsters, which can be seen. Just Google her. Check out everything that she's done. And uh, I just want to say thank you. If people want to connect with you on social media or just see what you've done, how can they do so? Uh, yes, you can actually find me on at Ellen Holman, uh, E-L-L-E-N-H-O-L-L. M-A-N on Instagram and Twitter, as well as Ellen Holman official on Facebook. So come say hi. Yes. Ellen, thanks for being a part of this podcast today. I really do appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much. And enjoy your, your, your evening or morning or wherever the heck you are. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever you are. That brings today's episode to an end. Thanks for choosing to stop by and listen. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend and hitting the subscribe button. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. Until next time, cheers.